0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Oh, I'm looking for an
1: email now. Hi. I love it. Get on recording. Are you ready to record? Yeah. And then you start looking for emails. I (laughs) am
0: ready to record, though. I am. I promise.
1: I'd like to propose a toast. Welcome to Wines and Dolls, a podcast where Chelsea and Emily whine and talk about musicals. Welcome. Mine is a double entendre. I love that. I just got on your text. K. I was, K. She sent me the letter K. Yeah, that's how I say okay. Okie dokie. Yeah, it's also very passive. Oh, I don't like mean for it I, to be. <laughs> I, only send, I only send K when I'm being passive.
0: I'm not trying to be passive. That's your way of communicating, not mine.
1: That's Sorry. the world's way of communicating. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah Uh -uh. hey chelsea Chelsea. hey hi hello i'm here i'm here it's a mystery what you're doing right now i'm sorry
0: we you're so
1: comfy looking though your feet are up on your
0: desk doing my best leaning back (laughs) i'm trying to to keep it calm this week because i
1: am tired (laughs) i mean it's just funny because i'm just like your lounge is what I was hoping to achieve today, and I did not achieve it. So I just Aww. put my uh, comfy sweatshirt on and hope for the best. Oh, yeah. you got I this. My, I have my extra, 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 extra large pet, pet pocket <laughs> hoodie on that pet goes down pocket. to my knees. Exactly. Hey, Chelsea. Hey, Emily. What are we talking about today?
0: Um, you know... Today, I think we're talking about something that you're
1: covering called The Mystery of Edwin Drood, also known as... Drewed. I just saw. I it, oh my gosh! If you're on Patreon, you get free pick, free pics of Chelsea's toes. <laughs> you're welcome. Toe shots. You toe usually got to pay for that shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, Patreon, you do have to pay for it. Well, that's so, true. So just, they're not free, but it's a different usage of Patreon, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, is that something that people would be interested in? Because I, I would definitely. I've, sell I've got my, my collection. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm there right now with that. It's oh. just.
0: I was gonna show you well never mind. I'll I'll wait until we get to our our, what are you whining about? I have a few wines today.
1: Oh great, amazing. Well yes, we're it's to solve that mystery, we are talking about the mystery of Edwin Drew. It's a mystery. But first (coughs) Tay Chelsea.
0: Hey Emily. What are you drinking? I have two drinks today. They're both in wine glasses though. Do you wanna guess? Do you wanna guess what the purple one is? Uh is it emergency? No, it is non-alcoholic, though. It's not necessarily what is like it? good for you. It's a it's a blueberry Red Bull. That sounds terrible. Mm. No, it's so good. It's so Red good. Bull freaks me out. I love Red Bull. And then this one is LaMarca. So I got my upper and my you. downer. Thank you. I also have a bag of Snickers and some...
1: Uh, and some uh, carrots. Talkies. No, they're Oh talkies. no. Okay, so you didn't cancel those out. You have your upper and your Snick. downer, but then you have Snickers and more talkies. carbs. <laughs> <laughs> I got my sweet and my spicy. Oh, yeah, my God.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm up to today. Hey, Emily.
1: Hey, Chelsea. What's drinking? I am drinking methodical coffee. I made that's coffee. Lame. Methodical. If okay. Fun fact for the world: my all-time favorite coffee in the entire fucking world is Methodical, Uh, which is based out of Greenville, South Carolina. I did not know about it until after I graduated. I think they opened after I graduated. But um, Mm. the belly warmer coffee, I bought a five-pound bag of it, um, whole bean, that I'm I'm very excited about. So that is what I'm drinking. I did my pour over, and I'm pretty thrilled about it right now. Mm, mm, Yummy. mm, mm, mm. So good. Hey, Chelsea. Hey, Emily. What are you whining about? Okay. Okay, so
0: bear with me. I have Shit, a okay. I have a sparkling and I have a, a not so sparkling. So Okay. I'm I'm obviously a little sick right now. I got whatever not obviously. Oh, okay. I feel like I, I sound noticed. like a frog. I feel like I sound like a frog. I mean you um, always sound like a frog, so Thank you. Thank you, you so is. much. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um so I got a little sick, not COVID. I did check myself before I wrecked myself in tech. <laughs> okay. Um and I was so tired and just plain worn out because it's it was tech week last week for Bonnie and Clyde. Um, and then Saturday after opening, James took me to get petties. We got Aww. pedicures. Look at my spoopy pedicure.
1: Look, it's oh, cute. Oh, it's so cute. I got it's green. It kind of looks like a fungus, but I like it. So
0: that's where I get to the <laughs> negative part because I have my leg oh, up no, here today. Okay. I was just kidding. Because I have all of these now. Look at that. So I think after Bonnie and Clyde, I, we went outside to a, an outdoor bar
1: and I think I got bit by some mosquitoes. I, yeah, I would say this is probably a safe bet. Her, she looks yeah. like she has like, it's they're welts. They're welts. They are welts what, on yeah, leg. like you have like so. five ginormous and welts. they're on like my honestly, other leg. They're on my other leg too. When I said fungus, I thought you were going to say it was like tapeworm or something or ringworm. And I was like, holy
0: fuck. No, I never never felt the mosquito bites. I never itched anything. It was after the pedicure that they showed up. So I was like, "Uh uh-oh. But they're on both legs. I've got more on my left than on my right. And I wore a skirt to the outdoor bar for whatever reason. So I got... Bit and now they're gigantic. I think they were just irritated because of the the massage and the you know the scrub and stuff that they do at the pedicure place. Um, so I sent pictures to my friend Lauren, who's a nurse, and I was like, "Hey, check this over with your nurse friends and make sure this is okay that I don't need to go to a doctor." She's like, "Yeah, take an anti-inflammatory or like an antihistamine and put some." Um, Whenever she called hydrocortisone on the on the bites, if it starts to spread, then go to a doctor, and like it spread a little in the skin, but not like a lot. So I'm not too super worried anymore because they're starting to go down. But I was like, cool. So. Great! I have missed Pure Bar for the past three weeks. First week was because my neck was broken, and then it was I got sick, and now it's because I've got whatever this is on my leg, and I do not want to go sweat into it either. So I know I'm making excuses, but I'm gonna yeah, go. Yeah, at the that's end of the a week. big,
1: that's a big fat excuse right there.
0: Yeah, but I'm still sick too, and I don't want to cough on everybody. Um, but my sparkling, the best sparkling wine is I got a break on Saturday. Bonnie and Clyde opened and it did well. It's doing very well. It's selling out almost every night, almost every show. And then I leave for Chicago on Friday. Boop.
1: Oh, yeah. I was going to ask if you could watch Olive and then I just remembered you're not going to no, be in town. i not going to be here. <laughs> I knew there was, a, there was a reason I wasn't asking you. Also, I don't live near you anymore. Well, I was going to see if you could take Olive to your house. Oh. Because I know how much she loves the cats and the cats love her. Uh, uh. <laughs> I don't know about that, but, oh, um, she loves the cats,
0: but anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway, so that's, that's what's up and I'm excited. I get to see Christy in Chicago and I get to see Taylin and, and his lovely husband. We're going to all go on a, a ghost tour,
1: on wait, a is Miguel, uh, tour. Wait, are they in Chicago? Yeah. They posted about it. I missed that whole, cause I just, I, in my brain, they were still in El Paso. No, well, they moved to Chicago. I'm so excited for them. They'll be fine. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna yeah, go yeah, store, yeah. And you're going to go to the Starbucks Reserve and bring Emily back a cup? I'm not you planning You don't know that yet, that. but you are doing that. No, I wasn't planning Please. on that. Is
0: Emily going to send me some money for a of cup? Of course I'm going to
1: send you money for a cup. <laughs> I don't know where the
0: Starbucks Reserve is. Oh. Can you send me an address and some money? Yes, it is, it is ginormous.
1: It's like nine stories tall.
0: If it fits within our schedule, then I will go.
1: Christy will want to go to the Starbucks Reserve, I'm sure.
0: We have quite a schedule, but I will mention it to her. You take the water bus,
1: the water taxi?
0: I don't know what that is. We don't have that planned out yet. Oh, my God.
1: I <laughs> don't have any like,
0: plans yet. Uh, you just said you had a busy schedule. No, we do. We have We have. Um, as soon as we get in on Friday, um, we're going to a comedy show that night, and then We've got nightly spirits in the evening and something else was happening earlier in the day on Saturday, but I don't remember. I think we were planning on getting tattoos, but I don't think that's happening now.
1: (laughs) So you're going to come back with a sleeve. I'm going to, you and Christy are going to be hanging out and then the next time I'm going to see you, you're going to be covered in tattoos. You're going to get like a face tat. Oh God, no. I see it happening.
0: No, I'm not going to get a sleeve until I've retired from princessing, like having two on my arms is enough. It's really hard to cover and it wastes a lot of makeup. At least with do my one behind
1: your ear or something.
0: Uh, I guess that or might inside work. Inside your ear. Ew, no. <laughs> <laughs> behind <laughs> my ear might work for most characters except for Miss Rachel. I have to cover Well, then, then you just
1: cover it, but it's less it would be less makeup.
0: Mhm. Hey, Emily.
1: Hey, Chelsea. What are you whining about? <sighs> what am I whining about today? I, I had know. one, and then I lost it. Um, I did see Bonnie and Clyde on Friday. It was and quite good. Thank you.
0: Yeah. It was we good. took away half the mics.
1: Yes, which I'm sure has <laughs> elevated the show it in has. many ways. It has. Um, <laughs> during the show. So I don't know. Can I, can I say this? Are you well, okay? So, yeah, we all know it was an issue. Yeah, so on Friday, the mics... They just I i don't know if it was like the signals were getting too close together or if they're just shitty mics. And the in the inputs were it, I think it was a combination all of all the things, all the
0: things. But
1: everyone, every single person in their cast had a mic on. And um, there was a bunch of feedback and just it wasn't it wasn't going well at no fault of anyone but the actual microphones themselves. And at the
0: at the just to give you a a heads up there's 18 people in the cast yeah 18 people in a small space with 18 mics is a lot there's like three pages for jared to go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth on
1: yeah it was a lot it was a lot of microphones and at like intermission i literally leaned over to chelsea and i was just like just cut their mics cut the mic cut adam's mic like one of like my student has a really strong voice i'm like just cut his mic he doesn't need it. <laughs> well,
0: he does, and he has a mic. He has a mic. Yeah, in and he—I he, know he
1: kept his, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I know the mics, and I know I know that was a big stressor for everyone in the creative team.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But if I, what I say, Matilda with Broadway across America had issues with their sound, right? And I'm like, if Matilda can tour America with issues with their sound in every single city they go to, mm-hmm. then. Bonnie and Clyde can have one night of bad mics. Mm-hmm. And Courtney was the saying, show was still extremely good. Thank you.
0: The, uh, Courtney was saying that like, Tut still has issues with mics in their space. Like everybody, everybody has issues with mics. Mics
1: fucking suck. The microphone. Suck. Okay. This mm-hmm. is what I'm whining about. This is what I'm officially whining about. The microphone at drunk Shakespeare is so disgusting. Y'all. Um, I, <laughs> but I'm get in trouble for saying this. Um, Uh-oh. so there's a part where like the actors will eat something and then sometimes those actors will then use the microphone and it's shared. I literally was pulling like h- dried hot sauce out of the microphone last Ew. night. It wow. was so gross. I spoke into that microphone one time. I think it was on Saturday and I was like, yo, I walked back there. I was like, what have you done? What did you do? <laughs> I blame Brady I it, it, yep that's exactly whose fault it is not I'm not even kidding we see <laughs> you like, Brady we see you it was like, I'm like not even joking I'm pretty sure it was Brady's fault last night. it was disgusting
0: <laughs> so, you said he was the um, one who
1: was drunk last night and I was like he was pretty drunk sure last night. he gets the tabasco sauce then and he did actually he says and use Tabasco he uses something completely different Cholula? Um, nope. So, I guess you're going to have to come to the show and find out.
0: Well, look, lucky for you, I am tomorrow on this screen, tomorrow. Wednesday.
1: Well, he's not drunk tomorrow. Um, yeah, if you want to come to Drunk Shakespeare, um, let me know. We're doing some industry nights for because it's kind of slow season right now. Um, so just keep an eye on my Instagram, emilybeth909. I post to my story and it'll say, like, DM me about tickets, and they're on certain nights. So let me know it yeah, I love. It's a great show. Love and drunk Shakespeare, Shakespeare. It's worth going, honestly. Um, I know somebody who went last week and came back again this week, and it was a completely different show. So We've, We went
0: when Brady was performing. You and I went when Brady was yeah. performing,
1: and James was with me, and he was
0: like, oh, my God, this was so much funnier than I thought it would be. I want to come back and see another cast, and I want to bring Greg. Mm-hmm.
1: And so we're going to do that. You're going to do that? You're going to see... You're gonna see a completely new cast, actually. Yeah. People, I think only two repeat people. The only repeated character, though, as in the acting role, is Brady, but oh, he's not okay. gonna be drunk, right? Right. So, like tomorrow, he was, he's the same character as he was before.
0: Oh, they he's just just not drunk. Make the different
1: different characters the, the drunk different characters track. are drunk. hmm Got it. Yeah. So it's never just like drunk Banquo or drunk whoever. It's different, different characters are drunk. That mm-hmm. makes so much more sense to yeah. me now. Thank you for explaining. And so, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you'll, you'll really like it. Um, I'm sure. Because it's also like the main, the main mains are all different people. And one of them you have seen before in a different character. So, gotcha.
0: Yeah. Cool. Okay. Cool. You well, know, it's no longer, f- it's no longer a mystery ah, to me. Okay. I'll
1: let you take How that How Shakespeare segue. works.
0: Speaking of mysteries, Emily, I'm pretty sure you just did some research, as in very recently, like three hours ago, on the mystery of Edwin Drood and scene.
1: I started on my phone on Saturday. <laughs> um, I, knew, I knew what I wanted to research, like how, what I wanted to go and look up when uh-huh. I was, like, for my research, the outline and the story I would tell in the midst of the background, which will not be our usual. Um, it, I mean, it is, but it's not, um, also that segue was so much worse than the one I was going to go with, but you know uh. what? Never mind. Womp, womp. Womp, womp. I have to make fun of you before we move on. Um, okay. So the mystery of Edwin Drood or simply known as Drood is a musical written by Rupert Holmes based on the unfinished Charles Dickens novel. That is right. Charles Dickens died Charles halfway Dickens. through writing a novel. And so this was actually the first Broadway show that was ever produced that has multiple endings and the endings are determined by audience vote each show. Okay. It's the first time they've ever done that on Broadway. That's really cool. That's a musical that based, or a, a, a musical that did this. Yes. Um, I don't know if it's the first show I should say. But the musical debuted at the New York Shakespeare Festival in August 1985. After being revised, it actually transferred to Broadway and ran until May 1987, followed by two national tours and a London West End production. And then the Roundabout Theater Company revived the musical in 2012. And um, it is that 2012 cast that I'll be focusing on um, next week. Okay. So, fun fact about The Mystery of Edwin Drood. Yes, this was a novel that was unfinished by Dickens. Uh, So, upon the death of Dickens on June 9th, 1870, the novel was left unfinished in his writing desk. Only six of the planned 12 installments had been written. And he had left no detailed plan for the remaining installments or the solution to the novel's mystery. So, that led to many adaptations and continuations that were written by others to attempt to complete the story. But... The mystery of the mystery is we'll never know how Dickens intended to, to finish it. Uh, so Dickens, uh, we can as you we said, we can, we can only guess. Yeah. So Dickens wrote the mystery of Edwin Drood, like most of his other novels, in an episodic installment. So it began publication in 1870, but Dickens died suddenly that year from a stroke. So I actually have the scheduled um, installments. So they started being scheduled, eight, it was April 1870, and it was meant to go from April 1870 to February 1871, each costing one shilling, and it was illustrated by Luke Fieldus. Okay. Um, so only six of the installments were completed, um, and so this was how the, the installments were published as follows. The first was April 1870, and that was chapters one through five. The second, May 1870, chapters six through nine, and then June Chapters 10 through 12, July, uh, that was chapters 13 through 16, August, chapters 17 through 20, and September. So that was our sixth installment, chapters 21 through 23. So if you do read the book, he wrote up to chapter 23. So the planned um, installments that were never published was October through February um, okay. throughout the rest of the year. So February was actually, you're supposed to have two installments uh, published in one month that was going to be our final so what are you doing
0: they don't they don't speak english just
1: just so you know that no sorry they're being really fucking weird (laughs) sorry that was weird they were like knocking at the door that's weird um yeah it was weird Okay, so a century later, there were several collaborations between the late Dickens and other novelists. Numerous theatrical ex, extra, extrapolations, extrapolations, extrapolations. There's our word. There we go. <laughs> I'm gonna rewrite. Sorry, I'm messed up. Um, a century later, there were several collaborations between the late Dickens and other novelists. Numerous theatrical extrapolation. I just said this word. How did I say it? Extrapolations, extrapolations and three film adaptations of the story. Um, also post humus in my brain has always been post humorous and I find that terribly funny. <laughs> <laughs> so the first adaptation that I want to talk about is, uh, by Robert Henry Newell who published under the pen name Orpheus C Kerr in 1870. So pretty much Dickens died and immediately somebody was like, you know what? I'm going to finish it. And this was much more of a parody as the continuation, transplanting the story to the United States. Um, In the words of Wikipedia, it is a burlesque farce rather than a serious attempt to continue the spirit of the original story. Burlesque, I believe they meant tease. Okay. Um, The second ending or the second adaptation, which was also the second ending, was written by Henry Morford of the New York Journalist. So it's funny that all these Americans are trying to take it over. Wouldn't you know it? The Americans are trying to take over the British, the British thing and make it their own. (laughs) Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Okay. The third attempt, though, is probably the most fascinating to me. So the third attempt to finish the story, uh, it was in 1873 at Brattleboro, Vermont. A printer, Thomas Power James, published a version which he claimed had been literally ghostwritten by him channeling Dickens' spirit. Hmm. So a sensation was created with several critics, including Arthur Conan Doyle. So the, the author of Sherlock Holmes, an, a spiritualist himself, praising this version, calling it similar in the style to Dickens' work. And for several decades, the James version of Edwin Drew was common in America. Other Drew scholars disagreed. So people like people accepted this as like, oh, yes, this is what Dickens intended. Um, but then the most recent uh, collaborations post that was like Mystery of Edwin Drood by Leanne Garfield in 1980, The Decoding of Edwin Drood in 1980 by Charles uh, Forsyth, and then The dis- Disappearance of Edwin Drood, um, A Hol- Holmesian Prestige by mm. Peter Roland in 1992, and The Mystery of Edwin Drood by David Madden in 2011. The D case, 1989, offered a humorous literary critique by the Italian duo Frotero and Lissettini. But none of these compare to Rupert Holmes, the mystery of Edwin Drood. (laughs) Nothing
0: compares, nothing compares to the mystery of Edwin Drood.
1: Thank you. You're welcome. So the mystery of Edwin Drood, that will go on our soundtrack at some point, um, our cast recording of Wines and Dolls. <laughs> that's actually a good idea. That's what we need to do. Every time we've made like some random ass song reference. Which is you every single every time. Every single episode. We just make an album. Every, every time. Yeah, of covers. Yep. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Hang on to that. Yep. My cat is sleeping on my dog's bed. It's so sweet. Oh, okay. he's not going to like that. He's, he's like... Or oh, she's God. not going to like... That. She's laying right next to the bed in the window. They kind of switch Aww. spots. The cat's been very, um, he's been acting like a shelter cat recently where he goes in the corner and like looks sad mm-hmm. and then like the arms of an angel starts oh, Jesus. playing in the background. Just like from yeah. nowhere, just comes yeah. out. That's what he's been doing. He's like, I'm neglected as he sleeps in the giant dog bed. Oh my gosh. But oh you digress. God. I digress. So the musical Drood has two major inspirations. One being Charles Dickens' final and unfinished novel, of course, and British pantomime and music hall traditions that reached the height of popularity near the time of of Nickens' death. Of Dickens' death. Say Dickens' death five times fast. Dickens' death, Dickens' death, Dickens' death, Dickens' death, Dickens' death. I'm very good at these. I'm not. Okay, so at the time of Dickens' death, British pantomime styles distinguished by the importance of audience participation participation in conventions like the principal boy uh, reached their height of popularity and music hall performances with ruckus risque comedy and distinct musical style rose to prominence. That was from Wikipedia. So Rupert Holmes, who was a major creator contributor to the musical musical Druid spent his early childhood actually in England. So Holmes, I, I recognized his name, but I didn't know Why? And I realized, I think he's just popped up while we were researching other musicals. Um, So most notably, I think Holmes joined the creative team of the musical Curtains after the death of both Peter Stone, who was the original book writer, and Fred Ebb, the lyricist. Do you remember uh, what else Fred Ebb was a lyricist for? Oh, God. Kander and Ebb. Kander and Ebb, yeah.
0: Didn't Mm -hmm. we do a, a musical review of Kander and Ebb? Not yet. What? Who did Candor and Ebb? What did they write? I'm pretty sure they're cabaret. Was it wasn't right? Candide?
1: Candor and Ebb. I think they also were Candide. Let's find out. Candor so and Eb, that- Fred Ebb, and Candor was cabaret. Awesome. Boop 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 boop. I'm sure they did other stuff though. They did just do something I think on Broadway, uh, in regards to them. Kay. I think they also did candy though. That wouldn't shock me. God, don't ask me questions I don't know the answer to. I th <laughs> it drives me insane.
0: You asked me and I thought you had the answer. You asked no, don't was, ask me questions. Just, he, they also
1: did Chicago, so
0: Oh, that's right. That
1: is correct. <laughs> and it like worked a lot with Liza Minnelli and Cheetah Rivera, which uh comes into play here, I'm sure. Uh, oh my gosh, you, like scared the shit out of me with this. I was like, wait, what did they do? <laughs> uh, they also did like Kiss of the Spider Woman.
0: Cabaret, Happy Time, 70s Girls, Chicago, 2 by 5 The Act. Uh, yeah, Kiss of the Spider Woman. Fosse, uh, Lies is Back, Curtains, The Visit, New York, New York. Hey. New York, New York. That's, yes, the, that's the one that nub. just closed. That with was additional, nub. 2023 has additional lyrics with Lin-Manuel.
1: Yes. Okay. Because yeah. there was a lot of collab with um, Frank Sinatra they have had. So, Jeez. okay. That makes that makes me feel so much better. I was like, it's Cabaret in Chicago, but now you're making me second guess myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, in New York, New York. Okay. Um, so... Holmes actually rewrote Stone's original book and contributed additional lyrics to the *Candor and Ebb* songs. Curtains played at the Al Hirschfeld Theater on Broadway with David Hyde Pierce and Deborah Monk in the lead roles. And then Holmes and Peter Stone, who was posthumously, humously, humously, posthumously. How do you pronounce don't that? Don't ask me. I don't know. Yeah. Post humorously uh, <laughs> won the 2007 Drama Desk Award for Outstanding Book of a Musical, for Curtains. But if you're in Houston, you might actually already know Rupert Holmes' name and you're screaming it at me right now. Maybe not. <laughs> um, in 2016, The Sweet Potato Queens with music by Melissa Manchester and lyrics by Sharon uh, Vaughn and book by Holmes premiered at Tuts Underground. Oh yeah 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 yeah. I'm pretty sure you did. You have a callback for that? Did I make no, that up? You okay, made it up. I think I um, think Katie was in it. Which Katie? Katie Porterfield. Oh who yeah. Who played yeah. Bonnie at Tuts Underground? Okay. Yeah. Uh, she did. She did quite a bit in Houston before she moved and got married. Her. She has two kids yeah. now. Yeah. Sweet girl. So okay. So Holmes going back to his growing up life. Um, at age three, so he grew up in England, and at age three, he was taken to the theater for the first time for a modern panto with a cross-dressing lead boy and audience sing-alongs. And by age 11, he was fascinated by the mystery books, by mystery books, and the first discover, and that's where he first discovered the unfinished Dickens novel. So he was kind of like, this I feel like is a swan song, swan song for him. This is what he put both the things that he grew up with and always wanted together, together. And so Holmes drew on these experiences with uh, impresario Joseph, Joseph Papp, the creator and head of the New York uh, Shakespeare Festival, approached him to write the new musical. Boop, boop, boop. So I just realized there's a whole set of my notes that I did not read before, I, <laughs> before we started recording. <laughs> so let's go over the concept i know we're gonna do it so concept you also may know holmes because he's a singer-songwriter who recorded the billboard number one hit escape aka the pina colada song
0: and he wrote songs for the platters
1: (laughs) he wrote songs for the platters the drifters wayne newton dolly parton mary uh barry manilow and barbara streisand first and he first became interested in writing the musical in 1983. So after a nightclub appearance, uh, where he performed story songs and shared humorous anecdotes, Holmes received a note from Gail Merrifield, director of play development at the New York Shakespeare festival and Joseph Paff's wife. Uh, she had seen Holmes perf- uh, performance and wrote suggesting he write a full length musical. So you know how we say people get cast at karaoke. Yes. This is what I mean. Uh, <laughs> So Holmes conceived the show's central premise by drawing on his recollection recollections of Dickens novels and pantomime as a youth, which we discussed momentarily or a moment ago, and his later experiences with Victorian style music hall performances. So what we're kind of getting at is uh, the mystery of Edwin Drood every it's definitely Victorian and they sing about singing in the music hall. They
0: sing about Um, singing.
1: They sing about singing. Yes. It's um, been so, so long so
0: since I've seen this show. I honestly so don't
1: remember. Um, there you are. Say hey you are. Uh, it's very cute. But okay. it's definitely like there's, there's a bunch. Yeah, It's definitely pantomime. When I saw that, I was like, e- that's correct. That makes sense. Okay, from the Dickens work, Holmes took the central part plot in most of the featured characters. From pantomime, he retained the concept of the, quote, lead boy, which is always portrayed by a young female and male drag, which permitted him to write a love song sung by two sopranos. Hmm, drag. Mm. I wonder how this is going to be, uh, how this, this show would be received now. I feel like people would be fine with it because it's a woman as a man, as opposed to the opposite. I
0: can't wait until it's December and Stages is doing their panto performance again, which every panto has drag. Yeah. So fuck you, Texas. But like,
1: so this one specifically, it's uh, female to male, so. Mm hmm. <laughs> I digress. It's still dr- drag is drag, right? Drag is drag. So. Exactly. Hmm. Huh. 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 Fuck you, hmm. Texas. So, I'll pantomime say it again. Also, are Fuck you going to get us canceled? Yes, you're going to get us canceled. You know what? I don't give a shit. Fuck Texas. I care if we're
0: get canceled, but. <laughs> Look, oh, all, all 25 people listening to us. Come on. Come on. Don't
1: out us like that. Look, if, but so, if they
0: don't know that we're liberal by now, I'm moderate. Okay, moderate to liberal by now. <laughs> Come on. I don't like
1: politics, um, but but we support our drag friends.
0: Okay, anyway. Yes,
1: yes, we do. Uh, pantomime also inspired the most groundbreaking aspect of Drood, audience participation. From music hall traditions, he created the lead character, the chairman, uh, a sort of master ceremonies um, instigating action on the on the stage. So, when, every time I've auditioned for this show, which I think I've auditioned for this show twice, I have auditioned specifically for the chairman. Um, because most, I feel like most places were interested in a female chairman. Mm-hmm. And I saw this at SRO. Oh, that's where and I, I saw it. Think, yeah. Did they have a female chairman? I can't actually remember. I thought it was What's-Her-Face. I can't remember her name. Oh I, ha- I know, right? So I think there was, I think they had, they might've had two. Maybe there was an understudy, but I'll have to ask Daniel. He was in mm-hmm. it. We'll find out. But we'll know, we'll know for next week. Wasn't Seth <laughs> that in, it Sethi was in it too? Sethy was not it, yep. Sethy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Elizabeth Curtin, uh, Natalie Nassar, Daniel, mm-hmm. um, whose name is... His last name always escapes me. I don't know why. Edwards? Yeah. Is, I think it's because yeah. Daniel has two last names. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Daniel, Daniel Edwards, or... He has two first names or two last names?
0: No, he doesn't.
1: Daniel and Edward has... Is this, is, Either a last name or a first name. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. See what I mean? He has, it's I like Ricky Bobby. I misunderstood. First, yeah. first, first two. I misunderstood. I knew somebody in college named Connor Ryan. And I was like, you have, and it was a woman. And I was like, you have two first names and they're both male names, which I always thought was very funny. What? Cause I knew, I knew somebody Let's in talk- high school was named Ryan Connor.
0: That's not Connor who's on tour, right? No, that's Connor
1: Lyons. Never mind. That's Lyons. No, Connor Lyons is somebody else. No, no, no. I just remember meeting like, it was like the first woman I met who was Connor and it was, it just was very funny because I knew somebody who literally had her name, but just backwards from high school. So it was a big old brain fart. I think it was Connor and he was Ryan, but it might've been opposite. Anyways, Holmes wrote the book, the music, the lyrics and the full orchestration for Druid, which was actually quite uncommon. So it was quite an accomplishment for him. He did everything. And while Holmes believed no Broadway creator had done this before and the feat was frequently mentioned in reviews and press about the show, it was more common in the early days of musical theater. So that's why I was like, it's the first Broadway show to have audience participation. But I think it was the first Broadway show in like recent decades to have it. Gotcha. Um, So all those songwriters, including adolph philip had been credited for the book of their musicals none had also written their own orchestration so that's like why it was strange that rupert had done all everything and so in writing the book holmes deliberately chose not to imitate dickens writing style as he felt it would be too bleak for the show he envisioned instead he employed the device of show within a show that's why they sing about singing Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. And the cast members of Drew did not specifically play the characters. Rather, they were players playing the Dickens characters. Got it. That makes sense. Kind of like um, the play that's gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Or is that how that goes? A show that goes wrong? A show what that goes that? wrong. That's play how you... That I was play, like, it's, no, it is, it's the play that goes wrong. The play the, that goes wrong. So or the goes,
0: goes wrong show. It's a goes the goes wrong bit. show. Everything's
1: a goes wrong. <laughs>
0: Goes wrong yeah. show on TV, but the actual play is the play that goes wrong.
1: There we go. So, because they're all characters. And then also, um, Drowsy Chaperone took this device.
0: Uh-huh. That's that, how we it, they, played into the woods at Garden Theater, too.
1: Yes. It wasn't originally I, written that way, but we did play it that way. You did play it into that. So, I remember David had that kind of chairman character. Well, he was also the narrator. Yes. Anyways... Um, <laughs> This device allowed for the incorporation of light comedy, which was not present in the original novel. Uh, so they made it funny. They made death funny. Great.
0: Make them laugh, make <laughs>
1: them laugh. <laughs> and so there are several musical numbers that are unrelated to the actual story. And so Holmes explained that uh, uh, explained why he made this decision. He said, "Quote: This is not Nicholas Nickleby set to music. It's not." Dickson, Dickensian. Dickensian. I, I practice this word. Dickensian. It's just really fun listening to you pronounce words <laughs> sometimes, and this is this is a special
0: episode for that.
1: I practice. I practice saying these words. <laughs> okay, we're going back to the quotes. Dickson, <laughs> Dickensian, 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 in your mouth. Dickensian.
0: Sure. Hold on. <laughs> let me take a swig of wine and I'll help you with that. Okay. I mean, i this. It's definitely dicks in your mouth.
1: <laughs> dicks, Dixon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so back to his quote, this is not Nicholas, Nicholas Nickleby set to music. It's not dicks in your mouth work. It's light <laughs> and fun and entertaining. But I hope, I think that Dickens would have enjoyed it. I don't mm-hmm. think Dickens would have enjoyed Jack shit, to be totally honest. Um, Holmes depressing. also noted he's, he's a depressing dude. Yeah. Yeah. Holmes also noted that the show has the same relationship to Dickens that kiss me. Kate does to the taming of the shrew. Well, I see that. You know what? There should be a drunk Dickens. We have drunk Shakespeare. I'm TMing that we're doing drunk Dickens. You might want to get with the drunk Shakespeare people and like
0: approach that. It's a good rolling. idea. It's a good idea that they like done a with Christmas Carol,
1: just fucking drunk. Oh God. Yes. <laughs> Please. <laughs> well, cause I, I want to know, cause Shakespeare seemed like he wasn't necessarily a depressing guy. Right. No, the whole joke is that he was like drunk off his ass all the time. Uh huh. Um, but what was Dickens was like, co- like Arthur Conan Doyle, well, that's his name, right? Yes. Uh-huh. He seemed he seemed to be like, I'm a spiritualist. I speak to ghosts. Blah. Blah. And I write about Sherlock Holmes. So what was Dickens' deal? What's oh the Lord. deal with Dickens? What's the deal with Dickens? Dick's in your mouth. In your um, mouth. <laughs> most inventively, Holmes <laughs> used a novel method to determine the play's outcome, which was audience participation and audience voting. So at a break in the show, the audience votes um, on who killed Drew if he was killed in the identity of the mysterious Dick Datchery in which two characters will become romantically involved, creating a happy ending. So it was like not just who killed this person, but every sort of intricate thing that could happen. So, um, for example, there's these siblings in the show and one of the endings is the sh- siblings like getting together. And I asked, I remember asking Natalie Nasser because she played that role, how, like, how did they approach that? And she said that they played it as if the audience was disgusting. Oh. And I'm like, okay. Because it would be two, two siblings getting married and, like, being romantically involved. Mm-hmm. So they'd be like, they're making us do this? <clears throat> Uh <sighs> so since every audience differs in temperament, the outcome was theoretically unpredictable, even to the actors um, who were, uh, they're tasked with quickly tallying the votes and perform the chosen ending. Um, although some smaller companies will fix the results to limit the number of possible endings. Um, I would imagine to make sure that everyone has an opportunity to perform their ending. It's not um, like- and this.
0: We, it's not like um, Wonderettes where they're just like everybody throw your answer at us. We're gonna collect them. Just kidding. You go count them over here, and then they're not really actually counting. Exactly. They just like do what they want. Okay, cool.
1: Exactly. I feel like I, I feel like SRO kind of. I don't remember if they if they had it completely randomized. I think they only really you only could determine like maybe one or two things. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the device required Holmes to write numerous short endings to cover every possible voting outcome, which means next week's episode is going to be really long. Uh-huh. Do we want to know
0: all the outcomes? We want to know or do you want to keep it a mystery?
1: I know we want to know all the outcomes. <laughs> People okay. aren't coming to this podcast to not be spoiled. Okay, y'all going to be spoiled Not to have the ending spoiled. They want, to, they want all the endings spoiled. Okie dokie. That's why we're not covering Cursed Child. Ever. Oh, because I ever, don't need ever? Warner Brothers coming. No, I don't want Warner Brothers coming after me. That's true. Go read the script. Okay. Or I'll, You know what? Or you can borrow mine so we're not giving um, certain people our money.
0: I have, I have Cursed Child on my, like I have the book right here on my we bookshelf. We have like
1: three copies of it in the library at Drunk Shakespeare.
0: I have one right there.
1: Like, they're all, I was, like, in the yellow section. I was like, we have so much Harry Potter over here right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, so after Rupert Holmes wrote an initial draft that lasted three and a half hours um, and performed it solo for Joseph Papp, Gail Merrifield, uh, Merrifield and Wilford Leach, the New York Shakespeare festival's artistic director pap offered to produce the show as part of the festival also known as shakespeare in the park and told holmes that it would be immediately transferred to broadway if it were deemed successful he can you imagine performing this solo oh my god no <laughs> so he did rosebud and jazz that's really funny to me so the original Broadway production, or the original production of Mystery of Edwin Drood*, premiered at New York City's Central Park at the De- uh, Delacorte Theater, August 21st, 1985, after only th- three weeks of rehearsals. <sighs> I love that. Notably, Holmes conceived most of the orchestrations themselves, which we spoke about before, which is just a rarity in- with Broadway composers. And so after the final performance on September 1st, preparations for the Broadway transfer, um, which would retain the original cast, immediately went underway. And following a great deal of editing, the Delacorte uh, version contained 32 original songs and was nearly three hours long. So they had oh. to shorten it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so The Mystery of Edwin Drood opened on Broadway at the Imperial Theater, December 2nd, 1985. Um, and about halfway through the run, the title of the musical was officially shortened to Drood, to just Drood. Which is how it's actually licensed today. And this show ran for 608 performances, not including the 24 previews, and closed on May 16th, 1987. And the Broadway production was produced by PAP and directed by Leach and choreographed by uh, Graciela. Grac- oh, I can't do words. Graciela Daniele, I assume, is how you pronounce her name. So the opening night cast of the Broadway production, um, I'm going to go ahead and bring these people up, but I'm going to talk more about cast next week. It's just, they, they were, it was kind of a star-studded cast, but they didn't know they were stars yet. So the cool. opening night cast included George Rose, Cleo Lane, John Herrera, Howard McGillen, Patty Kohenor, Kohenor? And Janet, Jana Schneider, who were all nominated in 1986 for the Tony awards, as well as Betty Buckley in the title role. Donna Murphy, Judy Kuhn and Rob Marshall were all members of the ensemble. Wow. That's a really star studded cast. Yeah. Marshall would later uh, become known for, uh, for his work in theater and film as a director and a choreographer was the dance captain and Graciella Daniela's assistant as the choreographer. Kuhn Mm -hmm. in her Broadway debut served as an understudy to both Buckley and I feel so bad not being able to pronounce his name. Cohenior? Cohenior? Um, So that's Patty. And then left in 1986 for her featured roles in Rags and later Les Mis. Gotcha. Right? Judy Kuhn, if you don't know this, she's Pocahontas. She is Pocahontas. Um, So in 1988, several months after the closing on Broadway, a slightly revised version of Drew directed by Rob Marshall uh, with his sister Kathleen as his assistant... Began its first North American tour at the Kennedy Center Opera House in DC, with Rose Schneider, and O'Hara releasing the leads, and then Gene Stapleton playing um, Lane's role. Okay. Uh, Cleo Lane. And then, so this is where we kind of get into this kind of craziness. So during a break in the tour, George Rose, who, who was in the original cast, he returned to his home in the Dominion Republic. Where he was murdered during his stay. And what? so, yeah. So Rose was succeeded by um, Clive Rebel. I want to talk more about George Rose next week, if that's okay. Okie dokie. And then the show was enjoyed by a 1987 West End run at the Savoy Theatre in London, a second U.S. national tour, and a production of the Shaw Fest- uh, a production at the Shaw Festival in Niagara on the Lake, Ontario, Canada, and numerous regional performances. In 2007 to 2008, the London revival, presented as a chamber piece and directed by Ted Craig, ran at the Warehouse Theatre, which I think I've been to. I think that was actually around the corner from my house. In 2012, uh, London West End Revival of the musical played at the Arts Theater for a limited season, and that was directed by Matthew Gold. And then Roundabout Theater Company presented a Broadway revival at Studio 54, which opened November 2012 and ran 136 performances through March 10, 2013. That production was directed by Scott Ellis and starred Cheetah Rivera as Princess Puffer, Stephanie J. Block as Drood, Stephanie being Elphaba, Will Chase as Jasper, who was on tour as Shakespeare for Something Rotten, Jim Norton as the chairman, and then Greg Edelman as Chris Sparkles, which again, we will be talking about cast and whatnot next week. Which brings me to my last section for today, the awards. So this was part of the 1986 Tony Awards circuit where it won Best Musical, Best Book of a Musical, Best Original Score, Best Performance by a Leading Actor in a Musical, George Rose. And it won Best Direction of a Musical, Wilfred Leach. And that's everything that it won. But it was nominated for Best Performance of a Leading Actress in a Musical, Cleo Lane. Best Performance by a Featured Actor, John Herrera and Howard McGillin. Best Performance by a Featured Actress, Patty and Janice Schneider, or Patty Cahoner and Janice Schneider. And then it was nominated for Best Choreography, Graciela Daniela. But then the 2012 Broadway revival did not have as much success at the Tony Awards. It was nominated for Best Revival of Musical, Best Performance by a Leading Actress, Stephanie J. Block, Best Performance by a Featured Actor, Will Chase, Best Direction Musical, Scott Ellis, and then Best Scenic Design of a Musical, Anna uh, Luizos, but won nothing. Actually, the only thing uh, the Revival 1 in the 2012-2013 circuit was the Drama Desk Award for, be- for Outstanding Sound Design by Tony uh, Mayola. So, that is the mystery Edwin Drood background for now. How do you feel, Chelsea?
0: Well, it's no longer a mystery, so I'm feeling it's great. It's not as much
1: anymore. Yeah. The mystery of George Rose's death, though, is what I want to get into, and I know mm-hmm. that we won't have time to do that today. I want to know... I was like, what? (laughs)
0: That's
1: a lot. That's, uh, you know, honestly, I'm going to be totally honest. When we, uh, when, was it Broadway, the Jessica Vosk and Jennifer Samard had their podcast, Mm -hmm. um, true crime in Broadway. I can't remember what it was called, but I don't remember. I know. Right. But that's the kind of thing where I'm like, I want to know, I want, I want a full account of all of the Broadway true crime. Mm-hmm. Um, George Rose I just like looked up He went to Central Which is where I've been Trying to go to grad school <laughs> Oh <laughs> And his picture is so silly But yeah Unfortunately he passed It's so sad He was Aww. also known For his role in uh, My Fair Lady Oh, But I guess we'll talk About him next week We will You know who I also Like to talk about Is it our patrons I mean, is It is our patrons I mm-hmm. realize listening to us That I do not finish Sentences very often You really don't I don't finish sentences nor words or thoughts. <sighs> I try. And When I, I try, I fuck up. It's That's the when hamsters
0: I get <laughs> in your brain. My
1: hamsters. That's like why I can't say certain words. Yeah, it's okay. After I I'll try to practice them, I'm, I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Sucks that we have a podcast. I can't speak. It's fine. I literally had a job interview and I was like, I'm sorry, I can't talk. And they're like, just, it's a conversation. It's a conversation. I was like, I know I can't, you don't I understand can't speak my conversations. in conversations <laughs> either, <laughs> but I do love our patrons and the conversations we sometimes have with them. We would love to converse with y'all more. You can reach out to us patrons to, through Patreon, but if you would like to join our patrons, you can join them at patreon.com slash wines and dolls, where you can see a full recording of me and Chelsea and Chelsea's feet. And my feet. If you would like to support us in other ways, you can support us by pressing subscribe anywhere you're listening to this podcast and share it with your friends. And if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please scroll down and press the
0: furthest star to the
1: right and leave us a review, please. Bitches. Please, please, <laughs> please Bitches, please. Bitches, <laughs> please. That would be really great. Uh, again, please share this podcast with your friends. Go find your favorite episode and share it with them. Be like, you should listen to this. This is their good episode. That would be great. This is their good episode. Okay, I got to tell you
0: something. I got to tell you something before you go on with the ending stuff here. Courtney and I were talking in rehearsal during tech while we were delirious and tired about the podcast. And she's like, I'll be be honest, I really enjoy your really, really drunk episodes. Those are fun. I was like, yeah, that's, you know, it's a little closer to um, the original concept. Like we get drunk and then we're going to just from memory recall all the things about a musical that we've seen. But like, know I like being organized too this is nice it's nice to be organized as well so like the the word mess ups they work for me because you know it's 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 like we're drunk
1: it's like I'm super highly caffeinated and can't keep my eyes open right now
0: that one that one either way
1: (laughs) you're affected by the chemicals in your body and it's
0: hilarious
1: awesome if you go and watch this episode (laughs) you will literally see my eyeballs are slits right now like, She's I'm so like, tired go take a nap I cannot nappy. I know I have to leave to go to work what time um I'm leaving in 20 minutes oh Jesus all right let's do yeah. it let's do it let's sign that's off that's why I'm like I have I have a I have a time constraint and I knew how much we could get through and this is exactly it oh yeah if you want to give us feedback Courtney you can reach us at winesanddolls at gmail.com or message us on Instagram or any of our social medias at Wines and Dolls. And you can find all the information at winesanddolls.com. I love you, Courtney. I was just giving you a hard time. Yeah, I was like, damn, <laughs> way to call her out. No, no, no. no. It was just. <laughs> Dude. Um, be totally transparent with y'all. We are very close to getting back our ad sponsorships. So please, please, please share this mm-hmm. with your friends. Please. It'd be really great. And with that, I'm Chelsea. I'm Emily. And this has been. Wines and
0: dolls.
1: I keep doing that so high pitched. Dolls.